Father, as we come to your word today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to us, speak to our minds, as well as our hearts and our spirits, that we might understand what you're saying to us as the church and as individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon is entitled, When God Word, God's Word Comes for You. When God's Word Comes for You. His promise to the innocent. His promise to the innocent. You've heard the phrase, uh, people say, don't, don't come for me. Don't, don't come for me. Uh, how about when God's word comes for you? Uh, I want to talk about his promise to the innocent. Have you ever felt like you keep trying to do the right thing, but the right thing never does you back. I like that. You do your best to do the right thing, but the right thing never does its best back to you. Have you ever been painted as the bad guy or the bad girl when all you were trying to do was help? Uh, how about this? Have you ever been wrongly accused of something you didn't do? Okay. Uh, have you ever helped somebody who knowingly, knowingly tried to hurt you in return? You were trying to help them, but they knowingly tried to hurt you in return. All you were trying to do was help. If you answered yes to any one or all of these questions, then today's message is for you. And I want to remind you that God has made a promise. God has made a promise to the pure of heart and the innocent. He has appointed a time. Listen to me. He has appointed a time when he will send his word to come get you out of your situation. When God's word comes for you is the title of the message. That to the innocent, God has an appointed time when he will send his word to come and get you out of your situation. And you may be saying, well, how does a word get you out of situation? Well, that's why you got to stay tuned. I'll tell you how. But until then, God says, keep doing what you're doing. And keep being who you're being. Help is on the way. And I think this is important because God wants us to understand that just because we're saved doesn't mean we're exempt from problems in life. It doesn't mean no one's going to try to hurt you. It doesn't mean that just because you go to church that you're protected from things that go wrong. So today, I want you to check out this recap of a story I found in Psalms 105, and it's recapping the story of Joseph in Genesis 41. So when you get the chance, you can read Genesis 41 on your own, but today we'll be preaching from Psalm 105. And Psalm 105 is recapping in a summary form what happened in Genesis 41. So check this out. 
Looking at Psalm 105, verses 17 through 22, we're talking about Joseph here. Uh, the text says, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. You see that? Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him. Even the ruler of the people let him, meaning Joseph, go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Now, what I want you to understand is that Joseph was only 30 years old at this time. And this is a recap of the story in Genesis 41. I'm going to give you some context to this. The context of the story in Genesis 41 is that Pharaoh had, well, let's go back. Joseph was in Potiphar's house helping Potiphar. And Potiphar's house was being blessed because Joseph was working for him. Well, Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was cute, thought he was handsome, and asked him to sleep with her. Joseph was like, nah, I can't do that. Can't do that. She got mad, told her husband, Potiphar, that Joseph raped her, lied on him, and Potiphar threw him in jail. So while Joseph was in jail... Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had some dreams. And after Pharaoh had these dreams, no one on Pharaoh's team could interpret them. So while Joseph was in jail, um, there was a uh, baker uh, there and there was a, a, a servant there in the jail with him who Joseph interpreted their dreams for them. And they got out of jail, but Joseph stayed. So when the Pharaoh had his dreams that nobody could interpret, the baker and the other servant there said, oh, there's this guy named Joseph who's in jail, who I'm sure he could interpret it. So the Pharaoh called for Joseph. Joseph said, and, and when Joseph got there, they said, we need you to interpret these dreams. And Joseph said, I, I'm not going to interpret them, but God will. So notice his focus still, still, still hooked on God, even though he was unjustly thrown in prison. Remember his promise to the innocent. Joseph didn't do anything wrong, but he's serving time. So Joseph said, I'm not going to interpret it. God will. Pharaoh told him the dream. He interpreted it and gave uh, him what to do. So he interpreted the dream and told the Pharaoh what he should do. Well, Pharaoh said, Pharaoh turned around and said, well, since you interpreted it so well, you do it. You become the person who is elevated and promoted. You're the best man for the job. So because Joseph didn't get mad at God and get all twisted and start drinking and acting up, he stayed faithful to his call he was able to get elevated and promoted among the king. So this is the context of the story that we have here. So let's analyze the text in Psalm 105, starting with verses 17 and 18. But first, let's talk about the 
injury from our innocence. I want to talk about people who have been living to help other people, to bless other people, just to do right, and you've been injured. You're innocent, but you're injured. Innocence can hurt you. Oh, man. Watch this now. Check this out. Let's talk about the injury. I want to talk about the injury, and the injury is important because it shows the depth of Joseph's pain while yet he remained faithful in using his gifts for God. And so I want to talk about these people who, 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 who are injured for trying to do the right thing. So watch this now. The text said, he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. So notice, he was sold for a servant whose feet they hurt with fetters or chains. He was laid in iron. So here the injury had occurred. He was number one, he was sold for a servant from a ditch. Remember his brothers tried to kill him. All he was trying to do was work with the brothers, right? And he gets thrown in the ditch by his own family. Talking about innocent, y'all. Then he gets sold. He gets traded for a servant from Egypt. And he goes, the text said that he was sold for a servant and his feet, they hurt with fetters. And the term for hurt in the, the, in the Hebrew was meant that he was humiliated by being in chains. So he was sold for somebody who wasn't family. His own family betrayed him. He was sold for a servant they didn't even know and respect. He was sold, which hurt him. That's make you feel some kind of way your own family turn on you. And then this text says he was hurt with chains. In other words, he was put in stocks. He was he was humiliated with the fetters. In, in other words, let alone he was lied on by Potiphar's wife. He was lied on, which means he was humiliated. It because, why? Because it wasn't true. And then the third part of the text put on the screen says, he was laid in iron. In other words, the text means his soul was put in iron. So in other words, it wasn't just his hands. It wasn't just his feet. But the text said his soul was chained up. He was locked in iron, not just his body, but Joseph was internally in anguish. He was traumatized. He had issues. He needed therapy. He had every right to hate God, to hate the church, to hate his family, to hate all the right he's been doing. Have you ever felt that way? I ain't going to be nice no more. Oh, everybody take advantage of me. I'm talking I'm talking to a few people who know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who know all you try to do is help people and people take advantage of you and you end up getting hurt and you end up sacrificing every time you come running. Nobody, I'm talking, if you don't know I'm talking about, this ain't sermon for you. But I'm talking about people who know that you feel some kind of way and you feel like you want to start smoking. You feel like you want to quit. You feel like you ain't loving Jesus. No, I ain't going to church today. I'm going to do what I want want to do. But yet Joseph remained faithful when a need was called upon him. Whenever they needed him in, in jail, the text said that he responded by interpreting the dreams of the two people in jail with him. And it is in this frame of mind that we see the power in an exchange of words. Watch this. The injury. Oh, let me, let me talk to you. 
The injury of your life is what tapers your words. Ah, God. In other words, the the feeling that you feel, when you feel some kind of way about that, it helps you. It helps you stay faithful. In other words, the Bible said in, in when they were in Egypt later on, it talks about the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied. So in other words, the, the worst thing gets, it forms your words to still say the right things. Ah, God. And so out of this injury, Joseph was able to exchange words with the two servants in jail, with the Pharaoh who called him, uh, with, with God. He was able to have this exchange of words. So let's just point number one. Point number one is the exchange of words. And what we learn is that words are powerful. And that's why we must be careful what we say because actions usually follow words. And so his injury helped to form his words because his words would bring about actions. And that's why I entitled the sermon when God's word comes for you uh, because the word responds to your injury. Ooh, the word responds to the pain and the hurt you feel. If words have power, then words have exchanges. Check this out. Check this out then. In Psalm 105 verse 19, the text says, until the time that his word came. Oh, I like it. The word of the Lord tried him. Notice that until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. There's an exchange of words. There's words from Joseph and there's words from God. Oh, come on, man. Are y'all getting this? And so there's this exchange of words. And so the text said until his word came, until the time that his words came to pass to bring him deliverance. That's what I'm trying to say. In other words, while you're sitting there doing good while you're sitting there trying to be nice and you don't lose your decorum you don't lose your faithfulness me and my mellow we used to we used to go to clubs and we used to, and you know sometimes we get mad at people and 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 he would say i'm mad at them and so i had to be mad at his friends i had to be mad at them because he was mad at them and so i was trying to be mean and all corrupt and then every time when i see the people when he wasn't looking i'd be like hi y'all <laughs> i'd be like hi why because it wasn't in me to be evil it wasn't and they would always say, why are you not like, why are you not mean like them? You know, I said, well, I, you know, you know, and I try to act like I'm still on his side. And I was, you know, I wouldn't go let no happen. But my point is I couldn't bring myself to that position. I couldn't lose who I was on the inside. My mama had been taking me to church. I was being trained. So the point was until his word came, until the time of the word came to deliver him, the words, and what were these words? The words he spoke regarding the dreams. In other words, Joseph spoke the words about the dreams. He interpreted. He was using his gift. Joseph was a foreteller. So this could even be the word he spoke to the chief baker and the cupbearer back in prison some two years ago. So Joseph spoke the words from using his gift. He said, well, baker and cupbearer, here's what's going to happen. He spoke words to the Pharaoh. He said, your dreams mean this. I'm telling you, in his faithfulness of using his gifts, he spoke. And those words that he spoke would come back to deliver him because God would take those words and respond to the. Are you getting this? So Joseph could interpret dreams. And because he could interpret dreams, he was a 
foreteller. Watch this. My point is, whatever gift you have, it says something. Whatever action you do in life, it says something. You say, well, I'm not a speaker, PC. You speak every day. You speak with your attitude. You speak with your demeanor. You speak with your expressions. You speak with how you respond to people. And so my, my God is saying, until the time that the words you speak will double back to deliver you, keep speaking, keep gifting, keep being faithful to God, don't let go. I'm talking to people who want to quit and are tired of doing the right thing. God says, hang on, the word is coming for you. (laughs) But what we'll notice is that the words Joseph spoke enlisted the words that God would speak. The exchange would inevitably ensue. And so whatever faithfulness Joseph was speaking, God at some point was going to speak back. And Matthew Henry said it like this. He said, the power God gave him to foretell things to come rolled away the reproach his mistress had loaded him with. For it could not be thought that God would give such a power to so bad a man as he was represented to be. In other words, Matthew Henry was saying, God gave the power of the gift to Joseph to foretell dreams. He gave him that gift and that gift, using that gift would actually do away with what Potiphar's wife tried to control him with. I'm saying when you speak, when you stay faithful, when you remain innocent in your actions, those speakings that you make dissipate the wrong done to you. Man, you're not, you're going to get, miss this. This was referring to, listen, how he got in prison unlawfully in the first place. Potiphar's wife lied on him and said he tried to rape her. He did two years for this, but even in prison, he was using his gift. And thank God he did because when he stayed faithful, he was putting words out there that would come back to set him free. Notice, until the time that the word comes, (laughs) when God's word comes for you. In other words, it was his gift. It was his power to foretell and the use of it that liberated him. Tony, that's who you are. Don't change who you are. Keep being who you are. And as you speak as who you are, those words will come back to deliver you when people do you wrong. Oh, this is good. The power in using his gift, the power was in using his words is what undid all the negative that Potiphar's wife put on him. Every time I stand to preach, I negate the work of the devil that he used against me to try to portray me, portray me as a bad husband, a horrible dad, a dead be dead, a liar and a cheat, whatever the enemy, whatever narrative the enemy was trying to put out. Every time I use my gift, I put out words that will dissipate the narrative of the enemy. His gift was literally responding to a request or a need. And so when Joseph responded to the need of the Pharaoh, that's your gift. Listen, don't force your words. Let the gift, let the need 
need come to your gift. And so when that need was fulfilled or communicated to the person who needed it, this was the right person or the situation to finally liberate him. My point is, Tony, my point is, Riri, is that the more you keep speaking and using your gift, at some point, your words are going to land before people who have the power to do something about the situation you're in. Probably, listen, was this the first time Joseph had used this gift? I don't want anybody to think, well, you're going to get up and preach one time and God's going to deliver you. No, I'm talking about standing up and being who you are when nobody even knows that they stabbed you in the back. Nobody even knows how much your family hurt you. Nobody even knows about the molestation and the rape. And I'm telling you, you kept being who you were. I'm telling you at some point, God's word is going to come for you and your gift is going to land you before somebody who can do something about your situation because you remain faithful and you were innocent in the process. Never mind, I'm preaching to myself. Listen to this. Was this, the, this wasn't the first time Joseph had used his gift. He had learned to keep using his gift. While he was in prison, he interpreted the dreams of the baker and the cupbearer. When the Pharaoh called him, he said, ain't nothing, I'll interpret your dream too. Listen, the point is, he was going to use his gift wherever he was. He was going to continue to be Joseph. So I think there is an element to when his word pays off by reaching the right person. My point is, the words are going to come for you when they reach the right person. When his gift responded to the right person. Ooh, when your gift responds to the right situation, you don't know when it's going to happen. That's why you always got to be faithful. You don't know when somebody's going to tune in. You got to be faithful. I got to preach with all my heart, regardless of who's on. I never know who's going to tap in. I never know who's going to put this before a TV person or share it with somebody. Your gift responds to the right person that can get you out of a situation. And today, Joseph, in this day, Joseph's gift got him before the king and the king got him out of jail because at some point the words he spoke came back to deliver him. Pharaoh had the power to make a real difference in his life. So careful when you speak so many words to those who, who have uh, no power to change the situation. Don't go telling your own life story to people who can't make a difference. And so his release is also to indicate to others that Joseph clearly wasn't the bad man that Potiphar and perhaps others had come to believe. So when 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 Pharaoh finally released him, it is an affidavit, it is a confirming, it is an affirming that you were in jail for no reason at all. So hang in there because when the word comes to get you, it's not only going to release you, but it's going to affirm that you shouldn't have been there in the first place. I'm waiting for the word to come. But remember Joseph knew, watch this, I gotta get you this, he was at 30 now, but remember Joseph as a boy, as a young man knew from an early age that he would be ruler, remember the dream he had, remember he told his brothers, I saw a chief stalk and we were gonna rule over you, or I saw the stars, and he said, this is, I'm gonna be a ruler, and the brothers got mad and said, are you saying you're gonna rule over us, but even at a young age, Joseph knew he was going to be somebody, and it's hard, it's hard, 
hard, Jonna. It's hard, Ben, to be who you are and to know that you're somebody special, but you're doing two years in jail. Can I talk to somebody? It's hard, Tia. It's hard when you know you got a gift, but you still locked down. You got three followers and the radio won't play your songs. It's hard to know that God has called you to be an expressive person to change the world, but you only got five people who are on your online ministry. It's hard when you've seen visions of what God is going to do. I came to tell you, God's word is going to come for you because there's a promise to the innocent. And so here, he didn't just make it happen, but he remained faithful in all of his gifts. He remained faithful doing what God called him to do. But notice the word until, put it back on the screen. He says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord did what? It tried him. Oh, somebody say until. Somebody say until. Notice it said until the time the word would come for him, God was testing him. Until the time that God's word would come, that the word would come for him, that God's word was testing him. So my point is, it says the word of the Lord tested him. God's word was approving what he saw as a boy. Listen, if you don't believe you special, oh man, never mind, you're not getting it. God's word was testing him. Do you believe it? Do you believe that I gave you a coat of many colors for a reason? Do you believe it even when you in jail unjustly? Do you believe it when the baker and the cupbearer said they were going to get out and come back and get you, but they never did? You ended up staying in two years. Do you believe it? And so God's word keeps testing you. That's what I'm trying to get you to see, Latanya. That's what I'm trying to get you to see, Katie, that when you're trying to be who God has called you to be and no one recognizes or appreciates you, That's God's way of testing you to say, are you who you really are? Are you at the core of who you are, a bundle of love where you keep helping people because you love them? It was word against word. It was the faithfulness of Joseph's word against the word of God who was testing him. Word again, it's the exchange of words. That's what it is. It was trying his faith. It was trying his patience. It was trying his faithfulness to see if he would hold on and then that word Joseph spoke would speak back to him with the command of release and promotion I came to tell you that even though it seems like it's taken a long time you're being tested and at some point God's word is going to come for you now I could say God's word is coming for you in the form of a test I could say that God's word is coming for you in the form of a trial. But I got a word for you as well. That the words of your faithfulness, the words of your innocence, the words of your obedience and your consistency is going to double back to relieve you. And at some point, God's going to change the test to a triumph. He's going to change the mess to a message. He's going to give you a ministry on another level if you stay faithful. The text says the word of the Lord tried him. It tested him. Has any 
anybody ever felt like you're trying to help others, but you yourself are being tested? That's all right. I just got to add, somebody ought to be saying amen. The church should be shouting right now. That word, listen, what word was that? What word, what word was God saying? What word of the Lord was testing him? That word that said a long time ago to Joseph that you would rule over your brothers. It was testing him. The word that God spoke over your life as a child will come back to test you. And that's why he got the coat of many colors because the coat was supposed to remind him of the promise he had. God gives us all promises when we're younger. And that word that God gives us as a child tests us into our adulthood to see if we believe what we saw when we were younger. God, I'm preaching. That word spoken back in his dreams was testing Joseph to see if he believed it himself. And that word proved that what God said and was saying about Joseph was true. And so when God was testing him, the fact that God is testing you with it means that the word he's testing you with has to be true. So you ought to thank God for the trial because if God is testing you with the old word, it means that the word he's testing you with is true. So you ought to thank God, count it all joy when you fall in divers temptations and the trials of your faith come to weigh you down. You ought to rejoice in God because there's a blessing that's coming from the trial. Words were flying everywhere, coming to rescue a faithful and an innocent soldier. I don't want you to stand around thinking that a soldier is coming on a horse or a boss is coming through. Your deliverance is coming in words. I want somebody to understand that the letter is coming. I want somebody on the, the phone call is coming. I want somebody to understand that the text is coming. You will be delivered by words. Habakkuk 2, 3, right it down. Habakkuk 2.3 says there is an appointed time in which the word itself will speak. There is a time set and appointed when God's word will come for you. Ah, God's word at some point is going to speak up and speak your deliverance. Objection devil. And God is going to overrule everything. God is going to speak. Habakkuk 2.3 says at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. Come on, that's the Bible. Habakkuk 2.3 says even if it tarries, wait for it. God's word is going to speak up. Jesus was hanging on the cross and even Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Son of God thought the Father was forsaken him. But when it came time for him to rise on the third day, God spoke up and said, move that rock out the way. Death has lost its sting. God rose in power. All power was in his hand, both in heaven and earth. Matthew Henry said it like this, afflictions are among our mercies. They prove our faith and love. They humble our pride and they wean us from the world and quicken our prayers. 
So while God is trying us with the word, we're becoming more humble. While God is trying us with the word, we're becoming more precious. While God is trying us with the word, we're becoming more patient. I got to move on. Let me talk about not just the exchange of words, but I want to talk about the power of your innocence. The power of innocence. Remember, I began by asking a series of questions to those who were only trying to do the right thing, those wrongfully accused. I'm talking to people who don't go around messy and doing all dirt and bad stuff. I'm talking about people who are trying to live right. Here's why it matters that you try to live right. Check out the text in verse number 20. The text said the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. There's a reason he was loosed. There's a reason the ruler of the people let him go. The power of innocence. Listen, if you're if you're innocent, you should be free, right? Why would God allow you to remain in prison if you're innocent? And innocent means you should at some point be free. I came to tell somebody there's no way God is going to keep you chained up when you haven't done anything wrong. I'm telling somebody at some point, God's word is going to speak up on your behalf and every person who think they're getting over on you. Every person who think they're taking advantage of you at some point, God says you're innocent and I'm coming to deliver you. Pharaoh the king, the ruler of the people, set Joseph free. He spoke a word. In other words, God effectively told the Pharaoh to let Joseph go. The king's heart is in the hand of God. Proverbs tells us that the king's heart is in the hand of God. So when Pharaoh, do you not think God gave Pharaoh the dream for a reason? Pharaoh had a dream he couldn't interpret and nobody on his team could interpret but the only one who could was Joseph. I came to tell you there's going to come a moment when a situation will occur that the only person who can handle it, who can meet the need is you. Well little old faithful be nice, innocent, true you because your gift is going to be spoken at a time where you are needed and you're going to be set free. They released Joseph. They said go get Joseph. Ah, do you hear me? because of a need he got out of prison they released Joseph to come and interpret the dream the Pharaoh was having people listen people can actually get delivered by staying faithful in their gifts if you keep doing your gift at some point a need is gonna come get you now Joseph successfully interpreted the Pharaoh's dream but in God's eyes man I got it listen in God's eyes releasing is not enough. God said, I don't just want to release you, but I need to bless you. There's a level of innocence that gets you released, but it also elevates you. Pharaoh released him, but because, listen, because there was suffering out of innocence, there was probable cause for restitution or reparations. Here's my point. God says when somebody does something wrong to you for no reason at all. He says there's probable
probable cause that you should be compensated for the time that you were wronged for no reason. In other words, it's not just enough to set you free, but retroactively, God says, I need to bless you because of your innocence. I'm telling you, your innocence has the power to bless you. Oh, God. That's why Peter says, when you suffer, make sure you're not suffering because you're a busybody. In other words, make sure whatever trial you're in, that you're not in it because you've been acting up. He says, be blessed. He says, the blessed is the man who suffers for no reason on their own. You can read that in 1 Peter 4, 4 through 16. My point is that when you suffer for righteousness sake, God says, I got a prize and a promise for the innocent. This is often why blacks and other people of color say that liberation in America wasn't enough. You say you freed us, but the fact that we were oppressed in innocence demands another level of compensation, i.e. 40 acres and a mule, i.e. reparations, because it's not enough just to tell a black man that you're free. What about all the years you had me picking cotton? What about all the years that you beat me and whipped me? What about all the years you made me work and never paid me a dime? There is a need out of innocence that brings a blessing. God dog it, I'm, a t- I'm talking to myself. Never mind, I'm, 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 I've left the building. The point is, is that there's a reason that God says your innocence matters. He says, keep doing the right thing because you're going to get paid for it at some point. Our innocence is worth far more than just being released or freed from the bad people and punishment. And it troubles me that people in America don't want people to know the whole story. Ah, people need to know the whole story because somebody needs to pay for the wrong that was done. And God said to the innocent, I got you. My word is coming for you. I'm talking to all the black people and people of color. People misused and abused and mistrusted. People who have been taken advantage of at some point if you stay innocent. The promises is coming with it. There is a blessing to remaining faithful when you're being penalized. And so God is saying there's a benefit to your being innocent. Hang in there, y'all. It's going to pay off. There's a blessing that comes with not cussing them out back, Sharon. That's my point. You want to tell them off? You want to revenge? You want to key the car? You want to break the window out the car? You want to throw a brick at the house? There is no value in getting revenge. Listen, you, listen, you, you can't hurt people who hurt you. There's a blessing that comes with not trying to hurt people who you know hurt you. So many people, so many people, Yolanda, choose not to be kings and queens because getting back at people is more important than being the king or queen God has chosen you to be. It's hard to not 
talk back. It's hard not to defend yourself. It's hard to stand there and just be Joseph, <laughs> knowing that she lied on you, knowing that they tricked you, knowing that you're serving time and you shouldn't be. I'm telling you, you sit there smug in your face, saying to yourself every day, I got him back. Oh, he sure did pay, but you've lost your kingship. You've lost your queenship and you've lost your innocence, which means you've lost your promise. Oh, you can get him back, but that's going to cost you, baby. I got to tell you, learn the importance of your innocence. It's the key to your elevation. The reason Joseph got elevated was not because he was just able to tell the dream, but because he was serving time and he didn't have to. The same issue of innocence came up. God, am I preaching, Shana? The same issue of innocence came up when Jesus was crucified as well. There was a discussion about what, well, what did Jesus do wrong? Remember the Jews, they was all in the, in the Praetorium court. Well, what did he do? Well, well who did, what did he say? And then Pilate said, I find no fault. He said, this man has done nothing wrong. And can I tell you that the resurrection came and that the power got into Jesus because he died while he was innocent. I, I'm going to preach to people who are dying while you're innocent. Hang on. God's word is going to speak one day. And where you were in the grave, he's going to raise you up. They crucified an innocent man. That's where they messed up. They crucified an innocent man. They messing with an innocent woman. They're torturing you for no reason. That's where they messed up. Jesus would be promoted for the innocence he maintained. And you too have promises if you remain faithful and if you remain innocent. Do your best not to get back at others. Because once you do, your hands are no longer clean. But now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Ah, with all power in his hand. And so Joseph becomes a type of Christ. Because of Joseph, because he was suffering and penalized for innocence, he now was sitting second in the king, kingdom of Egypt. He was a type of Christ who suffered on the cross, who died for us, but now he sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father, second in command. The Father is in command. Jesus is the second. Joseph was innocent and he was elevated second in the kingdom of Egypt. I'm telling you, Joseph is a type of Christ. And I'm telling you, you can be a type of Joseph. You can be a type of Jesus too. If you suffer for righteousness sake and you maintain your innocence, God's word is going to come for you. Is anybody getting this? Amen. I leave you with this. The redemption of a promise. God has made promises to the innocent. And promises are redeemable. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Promises are redeemable. They are redeemable at appointed times. It's like a coupon for Wendy's. I get coupons for Carl's Jr. sometimes and they say you can redeem the coupon from April 1st to March 3rd. 
In other words, there's a time, there's a time which you can redeem it. God, you're going to miss it. There's a time appointed where you can redeem the promises. That's my point, that there's a time when his word is going to speak up for you. There's a time where you redeem the promises that God has on your life. Watch this. The text said he made him Lord. God, I feel him, Jesus. Help me, Lou. Help me, Grizz. Come on, get the bears out. He says he made him Lord of his house, cat dog it, and he became ruler of all his substance. Help me through here, God. Help me through here. Uh, He was ruler of all his substance, Um, and he had power to bind his princesses, not bind them with chains and fetters, but what he said. In other words, the words he spoke were binding. That's when the Bible says in the gospel, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He was saying he gave him power to bind his princes. In other words, Joseph had power to bind the leaders in the Pharaoh's kingdom. Dang. And he had power to teach his senators wisdom. I came to tell you that there is a redemption that comes with a promise. And the promise has been made to the innocent. And that promises at some point are redeemable. These verses remind us of the blessings that come to an innocent man. But I want to clear this up a bit. We're not saying Joseph was perfect. And we're not saying, we're just saying that he was innocent. I'm not saying he was righteous and perfect like God, but he was innocent. But Jesus, though he was innocent, he was perfect. And yet he still went to the cross. And you think you shouldn't have no problems, boo? Let me explain the difference. Innocent means in the case of Joseph, he was innocent because he was involved by chance. He was innocent because he was considered a victim in the situation. I'm talking to people who are living in problems, not because you started them, but because you're a victim of a situation. I got Yet he was innocent in the sense of being guileless or pure in nature. And you say, well, I, you, you may have said something back. Yeah, you may have said it. Yeah, you're human. Yeah, you're human, but in your heart, God sees you're guileless. And Joseph wasn't perfect, but he was innocent. His heart was right. Now, perfect means as good as possibly can be. It means no mistakes. It means absolutely meeting the mark of God. Well, Romans 3 says there is none perfect. No, not one, but God. So Joseph was not rewarded for perfection. Joseph was rewarded for innocence. What's your point, PC? My point is, if you find yourself in a situation that you didn't start, but your heart is right, there's a promise that's coming. But because of Joseph's innocence here, his restitution was, somebody say God's word was coming for him. And I don't know about you, Joy, but I'm waiting on God's word. Because right Right now, I find myself in a situation where it's not my fault. I'm a victim of what somebody else did. Haters gonna hate. People 
people don't like what God is doing in my life and there are restrictions on my life right now because of what somebody else did. And I came to tell myself that God's word is coming for me. When his word came, the text said he was released. He was not only released, but he was made Lord of the house. You at the bottom now, but God's going to make you ruler. He's going to level you up. In other words, he said he was able to handle all of his substance. He was treasurer over all of his money. He was running. God dog, y'all gonna miss it. That, that Joseph who was in jail is now running the budget of the kingdom of Egypt. He was Lord. He was ruler over substance and he was given power and authority over others on the team. In other words, the text said he was Lord president of Pharaoh's council. He was prime minister of the state of Egypt and the text said you can read it later you can't find it he rode in the second chariot as in second in command when they'd ride in the in the city through the uh, the, the carcade cavalcade or whatever uh, whatever you know I'm trying to say he rode in the second chariot the king was first but he was second and the bible says that they said bow down when they saw Joseph the people would chant, bow down. And they would bow down at Joseph who was in, I'm telling you, <laughs> when you stay innocent, come on. The people who are over you will some point be under you. In other words, the text said no action would happen in Egypt without Joseph knowing about it. In other words, could nobody open a business without Joseph signing off on it. So all the people in Egypt who wanted to do something in Egypt had to cross the desk of Joseph who they put in jail. Man, you gonna miss this. I came to tell you that this is the swinging of words. It's the revolving door. Have you ever walked through the door that revolves at the hotel? I sometimes try to catch joy in the middle of it. I say, grab my hand. Come on, let's be quick. There's a revolving door that the door on one end where you were trapped at some point is going to open up. Whatever they did to you is going to come back to bite them. It's the swinging door. And Genesis 41 40 says, according to your word shall all my people be ruled. In other words, all the people will do as you say. Can I say something? Words have power, baby. And I'm telling you, the people would be ruled by the power of Joseph's word. So now I remind you that this whole scenario was seen by Joseph long before his brothers dropped. Now Joseph is saying in his mind this is what the coat of many colors meant. This is what the dream meant about me being over my brothers. In other words, the dream you had as a child finally begins to manifest. This is Joseph's validation for believing. Your hour of affirmation is coming. This is God redeeming Joseph with his promise. And this is Joseph redeeming God's promise to the innocent. I'm going to read that again. This is God redeeming Joseph with his promise. 
And this is Joseph redeeming God's promise to the innocent. This is God's word coming for Joseph. And just like his words came for Joseph, God's word will come for you as well. You have to believe that God has spoken some promise over your life. And bless God, its redeeming value is going to pay off if you can remain faithful and innocent. Keep using your gifts and honoring God by being who you are. In spite of how others treat you, keep treating them with love and respect. And so I leave you with this, my beloved. In my concluding words, when God's word finally comes for you, you're going to know it. When it finally happens, you won't be standing there trying to guess it. You won't be trying to figure it out. Well, maybe I got a little extra $50. No. The transformation is going to be huge. Big. Yonkers. Magnanimous. Joseph was born for this moment. I came to tell you there's a moment that you were born for. Just like God. God promised you, your moment is coming. That's what the trial is for. That's what the divorce was for. That's what the foreclosure was for. That's what the legal battle was for. Because Grizz, there's coming a moment that you got to stand up and be Grizz. Lou, you got to stand up and be Lou. Tabitha, you got to stand up and be Tabitha. Ben, you got to stand Stand up and be Ben. Sharon, you got to stand up and be Sharon. That's what the trial came for. To prove who you are. And I want everybody to know on this broadcast, I am who I am because of the promise God has on my life. It didn't say Joseph was shocked. It didn't say Joseph passed out. Oh, you're going to make me second in the kingdom. No! Joseph didn't pass out. Joseph didn't stand there like he didn't know what to do. He just said, show me where you want me to start. He interpreted those dreams. And the dream said there would be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And he said, Joseph, you're in charge of all of the assets, all of the food and all of the resources. And because of Joseph's faithfulness in the seven years of plenty, because Joseph knew what to do with it in the seven years of famine, they never ran out of food. But the people burned their resources. The people came begging to Joseph, we need this, we need that. And Joseph doled out more, doled out more to them. He kept trying to help them, but because of their insidiousness and their insistence on being selfish, they find themselves squandering in the wilderness. Joseph walked right into his gift and you're gonna walk right into your blessing. Whatever your blessing, you're going to be ready for it already because you've been tested by the word until the time that his word comes to you. And so all we have to do is wait for God's word to come. All we got to do, Cynthia, all we got to do, Tony, is wait for God's word to come for us. Keep being who we are. Why was Joseph elevated 
Was this a random blessing? I think not. Every level has a purpose. And whenever God takes you to that next level, you're taken to that next level for a purpose. He makes you second in command for a reason. So don't take this as a reward that you just sold. Oh, I can go shopping now. No, you've got to be smart enough to understand that God put you here for a reason. And Joseph was elevated number one so he could take care of his people. And that means that when you finally do get blessed, you cannot be stinger, stingy. You cannot be stingy and not be a blessing even to the people who tried to hurt you. You've got to be godly enough to give back to them when you have the power to do it. Secondly, he was elevated because the multiplying of the people, they became stronger than their enemies. And Joseph had to lead them through that change of command. There's going to be a shift in your generation, in your era, and you need somebody godly to help you through that process. The people of Israel took over Egypt. They took it over. And a new Pharaoh came in because the Pharaoh died. And the new Pharaoh didn't like the old laws. And unless Joseph was there, that Pharaoh would have run amok. Sometimes you're there not only to give to the people, to take care of them, but you're also there to protect them. And then lastly, to witness the change of an era. He was elevated to witness the change of the era. He was the bridge into the future of Moses' liberation. In other words, you've got to grow up to be the one who takes the family to the next generation. You've got to be the godly person who makes the transition. In other words, every family should transition on a godly ancestor. Ooh, that's juicy. In other words, don't let the family transfer to the next generation without Sunday school and a Bible, without prayer, and without spirituality. I'm telling you who are mad in the family, who are frustrated and want to give up, I'm telling you, you've got to be elevated because at some point the guard is going to change. And when the guard changes, God is going to shift on a pivot of a godly believer. And Joseph had to be that man when the guards changed to be able to move in for Moses to liberate them. The people who came there and were blessed ended up being slaves in Egypt. But slaves would soon come liberated by the power of Moses. And that's only possible if Joseph was in place at the time of the transition. So your story has a purpose. Your life has a meaning. Don't get lost in the world of I don't matter. Don't get lost in... I just tried to help people and nobody cares that I do. And I'm just going to sit in this corner and die. But I came to tell you every script has been handwritten by God himself. Everything that you've done, God sees. This is handwritten by God. This is not like TikTok. This is not like Instagram and Twitter. It's not a, an algorithm where God randomly picks people. No, God knows when you took 
them to the doctor and nobody gave you gas money. God knows when you did time and you were protecting your friend. God knows when she had you fired and you know you didn't do anything wrong. God knows what you're going through as a husband or a spouse because you're trying to stay godly. You could have knocked him out with a skillet, but you didn't and God sees it. This is not an algorithm. God is not a machine that randomly picks who to bless. He knows the innocent. With God, you're always viral in his heart. You're a viral video on the heart of God. For those of you in a pit, God's word is coming for you. For those of you in a financial jail, for trying to do what's right, God's word is coming for you. For those of you who listed on your taxes properly, you could have changed the number and it would have got you a refund, but instead you put the right number and you got to pay because you did the right thing. God's word is coming for you. And God is saying today, I'm coming for you. If you are a victim of someone else's shenanigans, God's word is coming for you. Hold on. Help is on the way because there's a promise to the innocent. I'm PC and that's all I got.